Jesus. Good to be in the house of God once again. And we just want to welcome you and appreciate each and every one coming out and those that have joined us on the internet and on the Zoom. May God richly bless each and every one. Amen. Looking forward to the Word of God this evening. It's nice to come to church in the middle of the week, isn't it? Come and fellowship with one another and feed on the Word of God. And Amen. It's just a little loud up here, brother. Amen. Let's, can we start by singing, Jesus has a table spread, come and dine. <laughs> Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people to come and place to come and dine. Amen. We're not eating no dead manna. That's not got worms and wiggle tails. Amen. Amen. It's fresh eagle food. Amen. 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 Glory to God. We're eating fresh revelation each and every day, walking with the King. Amen. Um, There's a blessed time that's coming, coming soon. We shall see the King. We haven't sang that for a long time. I believe it's key of C. (laughs) 
There's a blessed time that's coming, coming soon. It may be evening, morning, night, or noon. The wedding of the bride, united with the groom. Oh, we shall see the King when He comes. Oh, we shall see the King. We shall see the King. We shall see the King when He comes. Oh, He's coming in power, and we'll lay a blessed hour. Oh, we shall see the King when He comes. Are you ready? Shouldn't the Savior call today? Would Jesus say, well done, our goal forward to it. Amen. And we're seeing him being raised up right in our midst. Amen. And one another, the Lord Jesus, the King of glory, living inside his people, being manifested in his attributes in each and every one of us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Maybe we could sing, he paid a debt he did not owe. Just before we go to prayer. He paid a debt
him and express your love to him our Lord Jesus good to see you brother John standing up there in the balcony it's just so good to have you in our midst this evening God bless you bless your wife amen we're so thankful for God's grace in our lives thankful for what God has done for our brother Henry he's doing so much better we're so happy for him and for the grace of God to him, we just appreciate that so much. Also, have a testimony here from our our uh, sister Esther Solomon, who uh, wrote into the office and just wants writing to thank the Lord, the ministry, and the believers that prayed for me. My blood pressure is now within normal reading. The anxiety and fear I was experiencing all the time is gone. Thank God for His healing touch. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God is our healer. He's our deliverer. He's our everything. Brother Ricard, could I ask you to come and take us to the throne of grace tonight? If you have a need, just want to make it known by an uplifted hand. Pray that uh, God will just meet your every need, even tonight. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, it just, we say it so often, we were glad when we came into the house of the Lord, Father, and 
How special it is, Lord, now even more than ever before, Father, that we can gather with saints of like precious faith to come and worship you in the glory that you so richly deserve, Father. Lord, we just don't want to take these times for granted, Lord. And the scripture says, gather yourself together, Lord, and we're going to take advantage of every chance we get to gather ourselves to get ready for that wonderful day, Lord, when we won't have to worry about the vices of men and the rules of the land, Father, and we can just be with you in glory forever and ever, Lord. Won't it be wonderful there, Father? And we just want to take this time this evening set ourselves aside a little bit the man of God has prepared his heart and father may we get all that you have in store for us for the service father you knew each one that would be here you knew each word that would be said father and you know the beginning from the end father so we just want to walk in your perfect will and way whatever you have mind for the service father let's not have any preconceived ideas may it all be cast aside and may we just focus on you the most beautiful one we know, Father. The most wonderful one. Without you, Father, we are nothing, Lord. And we just want to also remember those ones that are needing a touch from you. The prayers have been risen up, Father. But we just want to add our voices to Brother Henry, Father, and Sister Charman, Lord, and Brother Milko, Father. And so good to see Brother Alan King and Brother Frank, Lord, today with the saints, Father. May you strengthen each and every one of those soldiers, Lord. Soldiers of the cross, Father, who stood for your gospel year in and year out, no matter what the cost, Father. May you just energize them, Lord. May you just rejuvenate them, Father, and may we just be ready for all that you have in store. Father, and as we now come before your throne, may we set aside our thoughts and our minds, Father, and may we just, may your word find good ground, Lord. We just want to commit all that we are and all that we ever will be, whatever the service might be, whatever you have in store, we just want to commit it over to you, Father. We give you all the glory and honor, for you know we are going to expect great things. We are expecting great things, Lord. Praise your holy name, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. atmosphere of worship here tonight creating an atmosphere for the word to go forth amen hallelujah we have an announcement um, this the next three Sundays correct yes the next three Sundays there's only going to be one service um, here at the church and it'll be at 11 a.m. starting next Sunday so just keep that in mind if you're here early, that's good. 
It's good to be early. Amen. All right. We're going to invite our brother Michael to come and minister to us. I'd like to sing a little song, Down at the Cross Where My Savior Died. I never get tired of that song. There's something real special about it. and It's just, I guess it's got a little bit of a snap, snappy tune to it and it makes me happy. Happy that Jesus took my place. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And if you, I know you just sat down, but if you feel like you need to stand to sing this, feel free. There's no bondage here. Amen. Amen. Well, down at the cross where my Savior died, down where Oh, wow. 
His name is wonderful. Amen. We're going to preach on that tonight. His name. Name above all names. Amen. Aren't you happy to be here? My goodness. Whew. I'm going to get one thing out of the way right here, right now. A brother a long time ago preached in our service and he had a little bit of tissue on his forehead one time and the whole congregation couldn't get through the service because they were just focused on the tissue that got stuck on his head and missed probably half of the service. So you're not going to get stuck with my missing tooth. All right? Okay? Don't worry about it tonight. Brother Michael's missing a tooth. He's going to get one next week. Forget about it here and now. We're going to now preach the word and we're going to rejoice. Amen? Amen. <laughs> no peg, peg tooth ain't going to stop us tonight. Look out, devil. <laughs> Amen. Well, I'm happy to be here. Amen. No better place to be than in the house of the Lord. My goodness, you can go tough slugging through a day. And I know it on a Wednesday. Some days you're like, oh, my goodness, it's work and this and that and the other. And you're looking through the day in church tonight. No, no. Whew, it's church tonight. Amen. It's church tonight, Brother Gabe. Amen. <laughs> Woo. Right, John? Right? Ain't no building here going to hold you back tonight. Ain't no walls going to hold you back tonight. We're going to have church tonight. We're going to glorify him tonight for what he's doing amongst our people. Amen. We break down these walls. We can clap our hands. We can lift our voices. We can shout. We can praise. That's why we serve him. To give him glory. Amen happy what the Lord is doing. We have much to be thankful for tonight. Amen. So you help, you pull on the word, and we'll just rejoice together. That'll be all the singing we'll do tonight. Amen. But we're going we're gonna to turn to the word. You can prepare your Bibles. I have a couple of scriptures that we're going to go to. Uh, maybe we'll go to Isaiah 9, 6. Very familiar scripture. We're just going to, then from there, you're going to turn your page back a few, and we're going to go to Isaiah 7, and then you're going to flip to Luke 1. So now you got a little heads up. Amen. All right. Just before we read, we're going to just pray. We're going to have a need tonight that we want to bring before the Lord. We've been praying through these many weeks for different needs and we're seeing the Lord hear and answer our prayer. And we have another need tonight, Brother Timothy Pruitt sent in earlier today. I know some maybe already got it and heard Sister, uh, Sister Pruitt is in the hospital again and they're just needing and asking for prayer today just as she's got some complications that they're needing to run some scans on and they don't all have the answers for them. And so Brother Timothy just sent a, a text out and just asked that we would pray for her. Pray for her. Sister Pruitt. He said, we will have our mama back. Our kids are going to have their mama back. Series of victories. A series of victories this will be. The devil is screaming, but we don't fear his screams. We see it and accept nothing but total and complete victory. Amen. Amen. There's the confession on the lips. And so we're going to bring this before the Lord in prayer as we just turn to the service. Heavenly Father. Lord, over these last few days and weeks, Lord, I've just marveled at how, how, Lord, just through these many days, you've heard our needs. We've called upon your name. We've, 
Lord, expressed our needs and desires amongst the different ones of the church, Lord. And Lord, you've been meeting each need time and time again. And Lord, we're able to, Lord, be able to testify that we serve a living God. We don't serve a dead God that doesn't hear our prayer, but we serve a living God that can respond, Lord, to the faith, Lord, that's on our lips, a confession on our lips. And tonight, Lord, we're believing once more for our sister Pruitt, Lord, that is in need again. Lord, you don't tire of our needs. You don't tire of our petitions, Lord. You died on Calvary. You shed your blood for us, Lord. You bore the stripes on Calvary, Lord. There was not an expiration date on those stripes, Lord. It didn't end at a certain time. They're still there for our healing, oh God. They're still there for our deliverance, Lord Jesus. As you healed us. You healed Sister Pruitt before. You can heal her again. And so we pray, believing, Lord, your people tonight in this little room and beyond on this screen and those at home, we're uniting our faith with the Pruitt family. We're uniting our faith with the saints in Louisiana and around the world. Raise Sister Pruitt up, Lord, for your glory once more. Raise her up, oh God, as a testimony in front of Satan that God's power is greater than Satan's power. Lord Jesus, we commit her to you. We expect to hear great things and we now commit, Lord, your will be done in the Pruitt family. We pray in Jesus Christ's name. Lord, we commit this service as well. Whatever would be said, Lord, may it be to your glory. May you come, Lord, through, Lord, this little vessel. Nothing special at all. But, Lord, we're just coming that we could magnify your name tonight. We can lift your name up on high, Lord. We come to fellowship in your presence, Lord. We we love your presence, oh God. We love to leave a service, Lord, and just revel in, Lord, the atmosphere and say our hearts burned, Lord. They did to Emmaus when they were with you. May it once more, Lord, here tonight our hearts burn. As we can spend time together with you in this for this little short period in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to try to speak a little subject. Forgive my lisps and my... It's tough actually. <laughs> Weird. Alright, you help me out. May I forget my tooth. <laughs> Isaiah 9, 6. Very familiar scripture. You say, it's not Christmas. No, sir, because this is every day that this scripture can be spoken. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. My, what a prophecy. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen. Turn your page back a couple of chapters to Isaiah 7. I'm going to go, I'm not going to go quickly. <laughs> I'll let you turn. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Isaiah 7:14. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Amen. Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Luke 1, 26. Last scripture we'll read here. Emmanuel. God with us. So thankful. Came to dwell with us. Luke 1, 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin. Prophecy, fulfillment. To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. 
And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this would, this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there shall be no end. What scripture? Amen. You may have your seats. And bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Jesus. There's just something about that name. I love that song. We sing so softly, Jesus, Jesus. I just wanted to speak a little bit. I've had this phrase in my mind for a little while now, quite a few weeks now. What's in a name? What's in a name? I'm going to speak on that. It's my title tonight, What's in a Name? And names, names are important. Names are important. And sometimes we might not even, we might not ponder that, but I know anybody that's naming a child, like the Florent family did just a little bit ago, pondering what a name was would have taken some time, I imagine. And what's in a name was something that was uh, wrote many years ago by what so many would know as Juliet. You don't know that, right? Those that went to school, no, you don't know that? Tis but thy name that is my enemy. Thou art thyself, though not a Montague. What is a Montague? Is nor hand, nor foot, nor arm, nor face, nor any other part belonging to a man? Oh, be some other name. What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other word would smell as sweet. So Romeo would, were he not Romeo called, retain that dear perfection which he owes without that title, Romeo doff thy name, and for that name which is no part of thee, take all myself. Now you know. In case you didn't. Juliet said, what's in the name? Who really cares? Change your name. Who really cares? She loved him, and there was obviously the name was in the way. And so she was wanting to, Romeo, to doff his name or to get rid of it because then, of course, they could be together. And so to her, a name meant nothing. Who really cared what your name was? Change it, and then we can have a better end of our story, which, of course, that did not happen. But I, I, I'm going to disagree with Juliet quite heavily. Because a name is very important. Our name encapsulates actually who we are. Right? It's our whole being actually. It's our name. And like I said, we take time to try and find that right name. Or we should take that time. And I remember when we were naming one of our children. And we were just pondering a couple different names. And we had a name even chosen. And we were going to go with that name. And we read actually, Brother Tim, we read on their birthday was... Um, in the family altar book. And on that, bir- on, on their birthday, you put in a quote and, a, and the scriptures on a name, on the importance of a name. And it just anchored in our heart and actually changed where we were going with the name for our child. So your family altar influenced even the naming of our children. Amen. And so a name, it's, it's, it's vital 
that we have and take the time to come about and have the right name because it has such, it has such a, an influence on your future, to be honest. And even it has a, it, just names themselves actually and how we, we're actually are influenced in how we respond to certain names. It actually reveals a lot about us and what we believe in when we hear a certain name, how we respond to it, what our, even our prejudices are, or what we wish to identify as. Names have these impacts on us. Sometimes we can hear a name, it can bring back certain things to memory, and then many times a first impression. You know, you bring someone, you know, a name comes to your mind, and you're like, oh, that scoundrel. It's the name that brings it back to you. You just hear the name and suddenly you, you have this thought in your brain. You know, and that's bad, but you can also have the good. Oh, that person's amazing. They did such and such or they really blessed me and just by hearing their name. And so there's more to it than just, just, just the name itself or the letters that make it up, but it, it goes much deeper. So a name is incredibly important. A good name, scripture says, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. This is Proverbs 22. A loving favor rather than silver and gold. So a good name, Solomon says, is, is, is rather to be chosen of great riches. You could have all the riches in the world, but Solomon says, no, actually having a good name is better than all of it. All the more important, anybody that's in your workplace or in your school or at your, at your job or whatever, ensuring that you are, your, your testimony is, is, is living out because your name is going to be attached to that. You'll be remembered for it just at the spoken word of your name. Incredible. So your name embodies, you know, the very nature of you. If I said a word, if I said, you know, I said, you know, you know, if I lion or, you know, that name, whoa, strength and power, lion is strong just because that's the name of it. If I said like, you know, snake or slug or somebody like, nasty, you know, know, just, just by the very name of it. And so as I've said, rat, Right? Nasty. It, it has this brutalness around it. I even think of names in the scripture. I think of, even when I think of Judas, and your mind just turns a certain direction, all because of the name. All right? So, but Abraham says, you say there's nothing in a name? Don't you never let anybody tell you that. Why did he change Abram's name to Abraham, or Sarah to Sarah, Sarai to Sarai? That's the reason he says, I don't never call your child Ricky or Elvis or something like that. He said, that's exactly right. Don't you never call one of your child children like that. He says, if it is, change it right quickly. Don't you, don't you, you that, if you believe me to be God's servant, don't tack that name on that poor child. No, sir, give him another name besides that. My, I oughtn't to get off on that, he says, because I'm off my subject. But I said it and it's all over. So he went there in a certain direction, but he goes, don't ever let anybody tell you there's nothing in a name. All right. People even change their names because they want to disassociate maybe from from what their their name has been. Important. Now, but Abraham mentioned Abraham. Abram was, Abraham was Abram before he had a name change. But Abraham, he talks about it. And he says his name was changed. God changed his name from Abram to Abraham because he had, in his name change, his new name defined who he was. He became a father of nations. But it took his cha- a change of name to get there. And man, he said, Sarai changed to Sarah, which is princess. And she became a princess and even a queen of nations. Okay, but it took the change of a name for that to then manifest itself. 
Okay, so names were of great importance in scriptures. They're, they're, many times they're changed. We, of course, think of different ones which we'll talk about. Each one of the Hebrew mothers that cried out a name as giving birth to the, the patriarchs as they, as they were born was even placing them. Their name actually placed where they were in their inheritance just by their name, just by the inspiration of that utterance. They cried out and it places them. Incredible. It's incredible how the power of, power of a name. Jacob, when he was born, being a twin, called Surplanter, we'd say maybe Deceiver. But when he came, God, when he got his overcoming power and wrestled with the angel, God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. Amen? A prince. Amen? The name has something to do with your life. When Peter, a fisherman, had overcome by his faith, Jesus said, your name is Simon, but I'm going to call you Peter, which is a rock. It changes you. Your name has something to do with it and your placement in life. Amen. Your name. Amen. And he goes even on the other side. And my mind is drawn to, to the scripture in First Samuel. Where Eli had died. Phineas had, had, uh, had died in battle. And it was a time when, when the prophet Samuel was on the scene. And, and the wife was, was uh, having, having a child. And she heard this news. And, she, and she, she, they said, it's time to have a time of your... And about the time of her death, the woman stood by her and said, fear not. For thou was born a son. And she named the child, she answered not, neither did she regard it, and she named the child Ichabod, saying the glory of the, of, is departed from Israel because the ark was take, of God was taken and because of her father-in-law and her husband. And she said the glory is departed from Israel for the ark of God is taken. And she cried out and named the child Ichabod and he had to stay with that for whatever days he had. His name De- depicting or, or stating or, or meaning the glory of the Lord has departed. Why? My goodness. And so, so many, so often through scripture, names defined who the person was or a change in someone's life or, or something God did and he says, no, it's not Saul anymore, it's Paul. It's not Jacob anymore, it's Israel. It's not Abram, it's Abraham. And God changed something and their character or their nature even was changed. By the changing of the name. So it, their, their, a new nature was even revealed in that, in that name change. Amen. So just as these names that in the scripture define who a person is, just as even as your name defines who you are, God also has done the same through scripture. Because there's many different names that God has revealed himself as, as we go through scripture. And we're just going to go through a couple of those tonight. Amen. God revealed his name and he's done it a little, some, he's done it. If you go through scripture from Genesis and we work our way through, he does it a little bit at a time. And God reveals. So in the old Testament, we look back, we look at when he was with Abraham, he revealed himself in the scriptures as Elohim. One of God's names is he's revealing who he was. Elohim, he's self-existing one. And he revealed himself as El Shaddai, as Abraham was needing, as a strength giver. Amen. Elohim, God, creator, mighty and strong is Elohim. El Shaddai, God Almighty, the nourisher, the strength giver. Amen. It speaks of his, his ultimate power over all. And it says when Abram was 90 
years old and nine, Lord appeared unto Abram and said, I am the almighty God. In Hebrew, that's I am El Shaddai. He's 90 and nine. He has, he has gone through years of believing and believing and believing. And he's 90 and nine. And God says to him, I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be thou perfect. He knew what he needed. He needed some strength. He needed some nourishment. He'd gone many years. He'd been faith in the promise. He'd staggered not. And God says, I know. You've been, you've been holding on to the promise, Abram. I am your El Shaddai. At this moment, you need nourishment. At this moment, you need strength. And that's who I am to you at this moment in time. And I will make a covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. Meadow Branham says, God appeared to this old man now, 99, when he was almost 100. He said he appeared to him in the name of Al Shaddai. What an encouragement it was, yet the promise wasn't fulfilled then. Abraham, I am the almighty God, the strength giver. Like I've told you before, like this, the, the little baby that's fretting, that's sick, she's crying, and she needs to nurse from its mom, and it nurses strength back because it's satisfied while it's nursing. And God knew Abraham needed some strength. He needed a nurse from Al Shaddai so that he could continue on, so that his faith didn't stagger, he didn't stagger not, and he'd receive the faith, his promise. Amen? So God knows exactly what you need. Maybe at this moment in time, you say, Lord, I need El Shaddai. I need the one that can give me strength right now. I need some, I need to nurse from God. I need to draw strength from him. That's what Abraham had. And God revealed himself at this time as El Shaddai. God then, we go a little bit later. And we spoke on it just a little bit ago. And he revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh. And little bit by little bit, God's character started to unfold through scriptures. Okay? So Jehovah Jireh, we know where it came from. Provider, my provider. Up on the altar was Isaac. And we, we spoke of this just a little bit ago. And Abraham is, is putting Isaac on the altar and, and going through with, with the process of, of sacrificing his son, which God had told him to do. And then, of course, and then the ram in the thicket and, jo- and Abraham... There at the top of Mount Moriah saying, Lord Jehovah Jireh, my provider, in time of need, when I didn't know where the answer was coming from, he's my provider. Amen. Jehovah Jireh and God enfolded his new, another name to him. It was Elohim. It was Al Shaddai. And now it was Jehovah Jireh. Sometimes God reveals himself in a different way to you as you go through your spiritual walk and he becomes what what you're needing at that time. Now, as we go through scripture, God met with Moses. Moses said, God, unto God, behold, what am I, when I come unto the children of Israel, what shall, and say, uh, of Israel, and shall say unto them, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? God said unto him, unto, unto Moses, I am that I am. Thou shalt, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am, hath sent me unto you. And moreover, God said moreover to Moses, thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Amen. I am that I am. I am the present God right now. I'm not the past and I'm not the future. I am what you need right now. I am the deliverer right now. 
Exodus 6, 3 says, Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou go see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he shall let them go. And with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, by the name of God Almighty. But my name, Jehovah, was not known to them. He said, well, there's scripture that says Jehovah. But if you look into it, uh, Abraham did not have a deliverer. God did not reveal himself as a deliverer unto Abraham. He was revealing himself as Jehovah deliverer unto Moses and the children of Israel. That's what they needed at that time. He's saying, they didn't know me by this. They didn't know me by that name. They knew me by Elohim. He knew me by El Shaddai. He knew me by Jehovah Jireh. But right now, he's going to, I, you need Jehovah, the mighty deliverer. It was new. It was an unfolding of who he was. Then in Exodus 15, 26. I am Jehovah who heals you. And he reveals himself as Jehovah Rapha. My, what a strength that has been to the people and the bride and the children of God. Down through the ages as God reveals himself. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the God that heals. I am your healer. Amen. Curing your diseases. Amen. Then, further in Exodus 17 and 15, where it comes from, where the banner, where it's Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah, my banner. Amen. It was when Moses is there and he had to stand and they got a rock and they had to lift his hands up. And, he, and as his hands were down, they were losing. Then they brought, the two men came up and lifted up his arms. And what happened? They started to win the battle. And they said, it's Our Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner. Amen. Why? So they could see the banner that they were fighting for. And one, one people, they talk about how it's, it's like a rally point. You're gearing the fog of war. They're fighting and they look back and they can see the banner. They can see his arms were up. And I said, Lord, if we're in the battle right now, we're fighting and waging. Maybe someone needs Jehovah Nisi. They need to look up and see, where am I? There I am, God, Jehovah, your banner, the one that's leading the charge. He's saying, here I am. I'm still watching over. The battery is, battle is still winning. Go and charge. And all you need to get reorientated. Oh, yeah, there he is. Go and get him. If you need Jehovah, you need Jehovah. Nisi, your banner. Just maybe look up and get your head out of the fog. Get out of the battle. Maybe lift up your head up one more and say, he's still here. He's still here. He's my banner. He's keeping watch over me. We will win this battle. Maybe it's the other way. Maybe you're needing Jehovah Shalom. Maybe you're needing the Lord of Peace. And there was Gideon as we spoke a little while ago. And Gideon, as he's being told by the angel what he was being commissioned to do. And go into battle. And he was going to go lead the charge. And they were going to defeat the enemy and at the beginning it says you will not die and that's where Gideon says he's my Jehovah Shalom because he had peace he knew all was well didn't matter the struggle didn't know what was going to go on didn't know, didn't matter how difficult it was going to be he didn't know what laid ahead but all he knew was I will not die the battle is ours we will conquer and therefore he's Jehovah Shalom my peace and man, he could have that peace. And so this again is God revealing himself a little bit more and a little bit more of who he was. Another name, 
and revealing who? The fullness of him. Jehovah, Tiskanu, the Lord, our righteousness. Amen. Our righteousness makes us clean. Who became sin for us? Jehovah Tiskanu. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord our shepherd. As David pondered in, in Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he would have thought about his relationship as, as from him and God and as a shepherd to a sheep. And in the, and the way he's, the, the word there is the Lord Jehovah Rohi. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. As name described to Jerusalem in the temple, indicating that once the departed glory is now present again. Amen. Jehovah Shammah. His glory has returned. Hallelujah. Maybe you need Shammah tonight. Return to my life, O God. I need your glory. It had once departed. But you'll be Jehovah Shammah to me. That your glory may come and fill this temple. Amen. If he can be that one time, he'll be that again and again and again. Amen. In Genesis 16:13, Hagar was cast aside by Sarah and sent away into the wilderness and being driven out because of Ishmael. And she needed, and she, she cried out in the wilderness. And she, she called out to God and she called, and when Hagar met the angel of the Lord, she realized and she called him El-Rohi, which is he saw her in her distress. And testify that he's the God who lives and sees all. Oh, I just thought that was beautiful. This, this is God enfolding who he was down through the scriptures. And if he could be that to Hagar, who she said, he sees me. He sees all that I do. He sees everything I am in my distress. I called unto him and he was my El-Rohi. He can be your El-Rohi. And your distress, call on the name of the Lord. Amen. If Hagar can call in her need, Hagar... The bondswoman. What about the free? Call on the name of the Lord. One of my favorites. God revealing himself as Al Gabor. I know you preached on that. Amen. The mighty God. Amen. In Isaiah 9, 6, the mighty God. That's Al Gabur. My goodness. In the Hebrew, there's some serious depth to, to, to the, to the meaning of who he was and who he is. Amen. My goodness. Imagine you're Al Gabur. It's a mighty God, a mighty warrior, strong in battle. Say, I need a mighty warrior on my side right now. He's your Al Gabur. We have a lot of these superhero videos and all these whatnot movies going on and they've got every type of character that's got every type of power and this and that and the other and things they can shoot and defend with and fly and see things nothing i don't care contrive something build something in your mind the big mightiest superhero that man could contrive but nothing compares to the algabur nothing compares to our god mighty in battle they're just negative perversions of who he is. Don't get so caught up in the Ant-Man, Iron Man, whatever man. The mighty God. Our Al Gabor can fight any battle you have on your hands right now. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is
is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Amen, Gabe. Amen, Jewel. He's the Lord mighty in battle. Glory. That's our God. What's the song? There is no one like our God. Amen. There's no one like our Al Gabor. There's no one like our Jehovah Shammah. There's no one like our Jehovah Rapha. There's no one like our Jehovah Nisi. There's no one like my El Rohi. No one like my God. But there's one missing in that whole list. My Jehovah Savior. Because all of these were God revealing a little bit of himself. A new name as he expanded on who he was through through the scriptures. Whether it was Abraham, whether it was Moses, whether it was Hagar, whether it was Gideon, whatever it was. But at, at a point, at a point, it all came up to a culmination. Behold! Behold! You'll bring forth a son and you'll call his name Jesus. Glory. All those were shadows. All those was the hand getting closer and closer and closer. But when Jesus was on the scene, he's everything. Amen. Jehovah Savior came the fulfillment in flesh of all these natures, all these characteristics that God showed and was revealing through the different ones of the scripture, but now embodied in flesh, a name, Jesus Christ. Amen. The full purpose coming down, salvation's plan, redemption, the pinnacle, Jehovah Savior. Name above all names. Glory. But Abraham says it was once called, he was called the I am. He was called Jehovah. And he's changed many times. The last time it was changed was when God became flesh and took a human name. Jehovah, I am, and all those were titles to a name. You was baptized in the name of Jehovah, it'd have to be in the name of Jesus Christ. You baptized in the name of Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Manasseh, Jehovah Jireh. It has to be in Jesus Christ. It has to be in the name. Not some title. Those are all wonderful. But it all poured all that, all that, the whole nature of God. Every characteristic of God is in that name. And it matters. He said, remember standing there on the day, he said, you eat manna. In the wilderness, our fathers eat manna and are dead, Jesus said. They said, well, we know you're crazy because you're just a man and not over 50 years old. And can say, you've seen Abraham? He said, before Abraham was. Jesus Christ standing there. How confounded they must have been. There he was standing before Abraham was. I am. Amen. The same one that was with Moses. I am sent you. And here he was before Abraham was. They must have been just so confused. My goodness, he said before Abraham was I am. He was the I am. And all the titles and names that ever belonged to God was made one human name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And he claimed everything. 
all of it that he was. Everything that he's shown. Every aspect of nature that he was in the Old Testament. And he said, it's all of me. I am ever present. So now, you're not just Abraham. You're not just Moses who was getting this portion. No, show them Jehovah is coming. The deliverer is on the scene. That was what Moses was revealed to Moses at that moment. Or Abraham, he was named Jehovah Jireh. You're not just having to get one little bit. You have everything. Everything. Jesus is everything. What is your need? What's your cry? Just say, Jesus, I need you. And he says, I know exactly what you need today. It's Jehovah Shammah. That characteristic. Maybe you need your El Gabor. You can call on him. Everything is at your disposal. You need peace? He's your peace. Your mind is cool, confused. You've got hurts. Of go back years. You've got struggles and complications. He can meet that need. You need strength. He can meet that need. Who? Jesus. This might feel really foundational. But if you don't know who Jesus is, you've missed it all. You say, well, if I just cry out to him, what good does that do? Just try it. Just try it. When that name was first spoke, Brother Bram talks about Mary coming to meet Elizabeth. And she's coming along the way. Mary's now just been met by an angel. And Elizabeth had conceived and little John was six months old and was in his womb, in her womb. And had not moved yet. And he was, no, but Abraham says, nobody, anybody knows three months or four at most, the baby ain't moving. That was strange. It hadn't moved. And she had hid herself and when she had seen Mary come and her little face lit up with the glory of God, she said, you know, and she's seen she was to be a mother. She said, oh, I suppose you and Joseph are married. Oh, no, no, we're not married. Oh, you're going to have a baby. Yes, the Holy Ghost overshadowed me. And he said that the thing would be born in me would be called the Son of God. And I would call his name Jesus. What happened? What happened at the name of Jesus? Brother Bram says the first time it was uttered. And just as soon as she said Jesus. The first time the name of Jesus Christ ever spoke through human lip. That little dead baby in its womb, mother's womb, received the Holy Ghost and began to jump for joy in the womb of a mother. What ought the name of Jesus do to a born again church of God? Amen. At the name of Jesus, life could leap in the womb of Elizabeth. Just at the name of Jesus, life came forth. Cry out his name. You need life. You need deliverance. You need healing. Cry out, oh Jesus. If it can happen for Elizabeth, it can happen for me. What's in the name? Everything. It's in Jesus. All in Jesus. But Abraham says, a great one's approaching. Trumpet sounds. He's reading in Revelation. This is, I believe, the Patmos vision. Scripture says, saying, I'm the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. This is not an announcement of the second party or third party. Or, he says, 
but the only party. Speaking, referencing Trinity, he says, I'm both Alpha and Omega. Before I show anything, I want to let you know who I am. This is Brother Bram speaking. Brother Bram says, the greatest of all revelations is in the deity, the supreme deity of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can't get to first base until you believe that. You can't get to first base until you believe, until you know who Jesus Christ is. That's what Peter said. Repent and then see the deity. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the mission of your sins. Then you're ready to go in the spirit. The first thing you have to know is the deity of Christ. I am the Alpha and Omega. I am from A to Z. There is no more but me. I was at the beginning. I'll be at the end. I am he that was, which is, and shall come, the Almighty. Oh, be careful, John. You entered into the Spirit. Something's going to be revealed to you. What is it? A trumpet sound. The first thing. I am Alpha and Omega. The first of all revelations. The first of all revelations is knowing who Jesus Christ is. Because then if you know who he is, oh, the ripple effect is incredible. Because then it starts to roll into who you are. All right? You must know who he is when you hear his voice. Amen. This is Brother Branham. Acts 4, 10, 12. Be it known unto you all and to all people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which is set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Mm. Amen, Peter. None other name under heaven. Why must it be preached? Why must it be preached in, in its trueness? And God needs to give you a true revelation. Because there is no saving without Jesus Christ. And that's why that old wicked devil tried to tear that down. Because he knew that's exactly where you needed to be. You need to be in the Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus, all in Jesus. He's the one that you can be saved by. It's all under him. And so what are they going to attack? They're going to attack the name. Because he knows where the power lies. Amen. Revelations. I won't go into it into depth but revelation 17 so he carried me away in the spirit in the wilderness and i saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy having seven heads and ten horns and the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication and upon her head was the name written mystery babylon the great the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And we know. As the Catholic Church. But Abraham goes into depth of that. And I was even speaking with the teachers. And there's some things. That daddies and. Maybe even little devotions and such. We grow up in the message. And we don't deal with some of these things. We don't talk about. We're not dealing with the Catholic Church. And different denominations. And, and they're not really present in front of us. And so it's not something. In fact they really even know about. 
But that is that can be dangerous because if you don't that that is the devil himself as he's as he started way back in the in the early Christian days as he started to attack at the name he tried to bring in the Trinity and bring in titles and if you don't know where the enemy is at you don't really don't know how to even fight or recognize what he's trying to do and so it's important to know exactly where, where the devil's attacking mother of harlots as they weaved the false doctrine into the early church and brought in the Trinity preaching the three gods, three persons. And I'm not even going to get into it. I was reading a couple of paragraphs and I tried to read it to even try and understand what they were saying. And I just couldn't even get my mind around it. How we have three, three people, but one God. I, I couldn't, I couldn't get it, but it, that's why it's the demon though. It's a spirit. That deceives and he's filtered in because he's trying to attack the name. Trying to attack where there's power in the name of Jesus. And so he filters in all the way back in the early days to try and take down and deceive what where his the power is. And bring in a title, bring in a doctrine, bring in some creed, some dogma. And turn the heart away from what they need and how they can be saved. And that's where the scripture comes in. In vain do they worship. Teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. Devil knew if he could remove the name from the church of God, he's removed the power. And so then when they identified with something else, when they did did not identify with the name of Jesus Christ, their identity is with idolatry and with false doctrine. It's what it is. And he gained straight came straight from the Catholic Church. That's why she's the mother of harlots. But from there, then the denominations then received of it as well and took the same thing. And it just, that's where she's the mother of harlots and the denominations are of her, just of her mother. Same thing, same, same doctrine, rejecting the husband's name, rejecting the name of Jesus Christ, baptizing in the Father and a Son and the Holy Ghost, thinking that they're actually worshiping. Scripture says in vain do they worship. To be called by a name, but Tim Pruitt said this, and if you want to go into depth of it, he has a, there's an incredible, um, even a witnessing tract that Brother Timothy Pruitt, Brother Tim Pruitt put together. And little line he said, he said, to be called by the name of a denomination is to take the name of the woman, the church, instead of the husband. To be called by the name of a denomination is to take the name of the woman, the church, because the church is, is as a woman instead of the husband, Christ Jesus. And therefore, those are names of blasphemy. If that doesn't get stronger, I don't know what does. But that's what the that's why we're not a denomination. That's why we're not an organization. Because we're staying on the word of God. Not taking some creed or some idea or some thought of what man has contrived. And tried to then bring forward. No. We are on the word of God. Revealed and brought forward and restored by a prophet. That's why it's so important. Because God can then show you the truth. And you're not caught up in, in commandments of men. And vainly worshipping him. And you're not stuck under a name of blasphemy but you are a son and daughter of God, receiving the true word of God. And identified with your husband, Jesus Christ. Adventure on a, on a limb. Brother Tim Pruitt, he said there, to be called by the name of a denomination is to take the name of a woman. And if as a church, 
your bride, your type of woman, and to take a name of a woman that is homosexual spirit, not to receive your husband. And that's the spirit of this day. And then you see where it really came from. Names of blasphemy. Now they're hollering about me kicking against organizations. It's those blasphemous. That's the act of insulting, profane, or showing contempt or lack of reverence for God. Blasphemous names that call themselves churches of God, churches of Christ, churches of Methodists, and churches. It's lodges, not churches. One church. That's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what is it? The mystical body of Jesus Christ in operation on earth. Made up of a member of any of those congregations that would be a member of Christ's body. You would be born into it. You're not just signing a book, as Brother Brandon would say many times, or the hand of fellowship, and we've never dealt with that. But you're born into this body. By one spirit are we born, because it's his life that comes into you when you receive his life. Then you become part of the body of Christ. Not by attending some church. And if you think just by attending some Cloverdale Bible Way church, or just some message church somewhere on this planet, you're just as bad. Put your name, put Church of Methodist, Church of what? Church of Colorado Bible. If it's in that box to you, it's blasphemous names. But we're born under in one spirit. His life in us. Receiving our husband's name. And they reject his name. They reject Jesus Christ. And they bring on a title. And they reject the name where there's power and refuse his nature. They refuse his spirit. It's rebellion. And they reject him. Zechariah 14.9 says, The Lord shall be king over all that are on the earth. And in that day, there shall be one Lord and his name one. Clear in the scripture. Taking on his name. As I said, identifies you with him. And now it identifies you with him. And you become one. But Abraham says then, another thing, after she does that, speaking of, oh, I'll back up. And then when his word becomes prominent in you, then you see it's you and Christ are one then. If you abide in me and my word abide in you, you ask what you will because it's not you no more. It's the word of God, Christ in you. You become one, all right? Then another thing, after she does that, she has fulfilled her vows, took her marriage, and took her husband's to be name. The bridegroom's name. Then she's heir. Heir of everything he possesses. Amen. She's the heir of everything. Your wife is the heir of everything you possess. Amen. Glory. Why would you not want to take on his name? Why would you want to reject that? Son and daughter, God never would. But you take on his name as now he becomes part of you. You and your husband become one. And so now you are united and you are heir to everything. Mm, Everything. He possesses, you possess. Christ in you, connected together, Brother Brenham says. And I was thinking about Rahab. I was thinking about Rahab and her past. And it's been preached before. Rahab, very, very difficult upbringing. Harlot. Difficult situations. Horrible life. I'm sure a lot of hurts. A lot of scars. 
situation she went through. And then as the day in Jericho, I know it's been preached because when Jericho's walls went down, all of Rahab's past was annihilated. There was nothing left there. It's been preached before, I believe, but I read on Rahab's secret even preached that. And it was all gone. There was no memory. It wasn't all there. There's memory, but it was not there. Nothing that they could point to because Israel or um, Jericho was wiped out. But I was pondering that here, though, was Rahab still the harlot. It's called in the scripture, Rahab the harlot. That's what she's referred to. And I was thinking about, yes, even though the walls came tumbling down and all of her, all that happened in Jericho was erased. But it wasn't until she was united with Salmon, who was a prince of Israel, that her name was changed. I'm sure they did not refer to her as Rahab the harlot. She was Rahab, whatever Salmon's name was. She was the bride of Salmon, Mrs. Salmon. There was no, oh, are you Rahab the harlot? No, it was not remembered that way. When she united with her husband, she was Rahab, this the mother of Boaz. Oh, you're Salmon's wife. Oh, you're like a princess. That is on the uniting. United when full annihilation of her past was gone. And when you unite with Jesus Christ, all of it is gone. Who are you? Oh, I'm Mrs. Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory. It's erased and forgotten and wiped out. Jericho was gone, but she was now in a new position, heir to all things. And she could never be referred to as Rahab the harlot in Israel. Amen. Ruth was in the same category. Moabite. Difficult situation again. Death in the family. Same situation. She would have came. She would have been scorned and mocked. She was a Gentile. And here she came back to Bethlehem. But again, it's when she became united with Boaz. He became her kinsman redeemer. She redeemed her. And she was never Moab, the Ruth the Moabitist, or Ruth the Gentile, or the scorned one, or the one you go by yourself and glean, go over in the corner. She became a princess. Or a queen, I should say. And the bride of Jesus Christ becomes queen of heaven. When she's united and married to him, taking on his name, your identification is no longer a sinner. Your identification is never what you did in the past. Your identification is in him. Clean, spotless, bride of Jesus Christ. Glory. Amen. You've received a name far above Boaz's name. Far above Salmon's name. Name above all names has become your name. Glory. Philippians 2, 9. Speaks. We know the scripture. God thought not a robbery to be equal to God. Made himself of no reputation. Took upon him the form of a servant. And was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion of, as a man. He humbled himself. Became obedient unto the death. Even the death of the cross. Wherefore. God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. So in case you doubted me for a second, there it is in scripture. A name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, in things in earth, and things under earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
to the glory of God the Father. Glory. Jesus Christ is Lord. Name above all names. There's no other name that should be exalted as high. Again, Juliet, what's in a name? Everything's in a name. My healing's in a name. My eternal life is in a name. My deliverance is in a name. Glory! My identity is in His name. Amen. And the wedding is on. We're being united. United with our Lord. Mrs. Jesus Christ. That's powerful. Just, Just get yourself there. I am being united with the King of Kings. I am being united with Jesus Christ, whose name is above all names. You are being exalted above all his bride. Brother Branham says in a quote, he says, and you're wearing the wedding band of predestinated, unmerited grace. A wedding band of grace, unmerited of your own. Oh, and I looked at my ring, and I thought, my. I just was imagining the unmerited grace being slipped on my finger. God's grace, a symbol that it was nothing in my own doing. No merits of my own, just his love, just his grace. He saved me. And I just said, envision, Lord, I just get to look at that. Oh, it's his grace. By grace am I saved. You've exalted me. You've got, I'm taking on your name. I'm an heir to everything. Just keep looking. If you need to, look at your ring finger. Because you've got the ring of unmerited grace on it. By grace are we saved through faith. Amen. You love him. I love him. Jesus. Jesus. Now, you bear his name. What authority you have now. Rahab could walk around town. (laughs) She wasn't skirting, or even Ruth wasn't skirting around corners or trying to avoid people because she was scorned a little bit. You're a Gentile, and she's trying to sneak away and go around the the walls and get to the well or something like that. Uh -uh, uh -uh. (laughs) Sorry, after that wedding, (laughs) Ruth was walking town, pretty feeling pretty good. I'm the wife of Boaz, and if you don't know, he happens to be the most prominent figure of town. He pretty much is the prince around here. And I am his wife. Step aside. I'm going to the well today. She wasn't arrogant and she wasn't prideful because that's not the nature of Ruth. And that's not the nature of the bride. But she walked with confidence. And she walked with kindness in an air. It wasn't scorched. She was bringing in the, it's okay, let's go to the well today. But there was no fretting or wondering or scorning or, or mockery. She knew who she was. She knew her position and the authority she had as wife of Boaz. Amen. Because now if you can, if if God has revealed who he is, as we said just a bit ago, if he, you know the first revelation, the supreme deity of Jesus Christ, then it then you can know who you are. If you don't know who he is, 
you'll never get to second base. First base is first. No one skips baseball and heads right out to the field. No, right, Hudson? You ain't running the bases and skipping to third base. No, you got to go to first base first. You got to know who he is. And once you know who he is, it's the next step to know, then wait a second. Who am I? What does that make me? It makes you the wife of Jesus Christ and the authority that you have with his name. Every devil, every devil is under your feet as the wife of Jesus Christ. There ain't nothing that's above you because his name is above all names and you are a bearer of his name. You become one with eternity by putting on his name. Amen. But Abraham says there's harmony. Members of the virgin bride will love him and they'll have his potentials. For he is their head and all power belongs to him. They are subject to him as the members of our bodies are subject to our heads. He says the harmony is now to exist between groom and his bride. He shows her his word of life. She receives it. She never doubts it. Therefore, nothing can harm her, not even death. Amen? Because you have eternity inside you. Glory! For the seed to be planted, the water will raise it up. Here's the secret of this. The word is inside the bride. As it was in Mary. The bride has the mind of Christ, for she knows knows what he wants done with the word. She performs the command of the word in his name, for she has thus saith the Lord. Wow. She has his word in her hand and on her lips. Then the word is quickened by the spirit and it comes to pass like a seed that is planted and watered. Those in the bride do only his will and no one can make them do otherwise. Glory. No one can make you do otherwise because you are in His mind is in you. The scripture says, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be in you. And she never doubts it. And she has thus saith the Lord. I wrote in my notes. So, Juliet, what's in a name? All power. All power is in the name of Jesus. Philippians 2.8 says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the cross. Wherefore God has almighty exalted him. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Everything is under his authority. There isn't one thing in your life. Every knee, every demon, every difficulty, every disease, you name it, everything is under His feet and should bow at the name of Jesus. Amen. Of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And every tongue confess. That's a scripture worth repeating multiple times. Amen. I'm going to close on just one more account. And the same power, the same Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, Brother Abraham says. Let the fundamentalists, let them people who deny the power of God say it's wrong. But the same power that spoke the world into existence in those people that's got the, is the same power. uh, Let me read that again. But the same power that spoke the world into existence is in those people that's got the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's right. He said, it's the time that we found out who we are. It's time tonight. Don't walk out of here until you say, God, I need to know who I am tonight. Reveal that to me. I am the wife of Jesus Christ. The devil is trying to hide you back 
and tell you that you're some little cow down something. So if the devil's trying to tell you that you're some bitty little cow down something, you just say, "Uh uh-uh. The same power that spoke the world into existence is in those people that's got the Holy Ghost devil. And that's me. Because I am filled with the Holy Ghost. I am saved. I'm sanctified. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I've given my life to Him. I've surrendered. I'm a new creation. That's what I am. So I am not no little cow down nothing. I've got everything under my feet. You're not, he said, you're sons and daughters of God. The deity is not in heaven. You ready? The deity is not in heaven. Where is it? It's in you. Glory. My, the deity is in you. God, help us. I tell you, you bet it's in us because we've been having some prayer meetings and God has been dealing and been moving and we've been speaking and you've been believing and God is faithful and giving us the answers. Amen, Brother Curtis. Amen, Brother Gabe. Amen, Sister Jewel. Amen, Brother Victor. Where are you? There you are. Amen. I said, proven. He's proven. Brother Bram says, when you realize that Almighty God lives in you, when you realize, he just leaves it open-ended there. Immortal life. My life I give you, he says. Zoe, the life of God in the human being. And it was proven in the book of Acts. That life that fell at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit that fell at Pentecost, Proven deity in flesh again. And I said, hey, Bible days are here again. I said, today, not just yesterday, not just 50 years ago, but today, the book of Acts is alive. Whether it's here, whether it's in the States, whether it's in Louisiana, whether it's in Tennessee, whether it's in England, Australia, I don't care. The book of Acts is on again. Amen. Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. And I was thinking, John Daniel went up to the temple in the hour of prayer. Hey, the book of Acts. Gentlemen, it's on. It's the same book. Second book of Acts. And so you got to put your name there. Amen. When I, when Michael... Went to the temple, went to the sanctuary, went to the chapel. I went to my room. I went to my closet at the hour of prayer. Deity was going to work as I went to that little room. Deity was making its way to the temple. Deity was making its way to the fellowship hall to give praise, to get in prayer, to call on the name of the Lord so that those that are lost can be saved. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms. He was coming to beg of them that entered into the temple. Now he wasn't only lame, and they carried him, but he was a beggar. He was a beggar. Begging is a helpless state. It's a demeaning state to be a beggar. To think that he had to come and he sat there at the bottom. And he sat, he was carried, 
And he just sat there for years after years. And he'd just beg. You know, he'd come to a point where I think he just sat there like this. Maybe he just put up his cup. Didn't he want to look people in the face? I'm begging. So I heard somebody going by. He says, alms, alms. Demeaning. Demeaning begging. This was his state. Rendered to degrading level. And I'm sure, and it repressed him. Quenches anything like a spark in his spirit. And when you ever looked at a beggar, I have a hard time even looking at one. It's just so sad. Lame in his feet, but he's lame in his soul too. Degraded. And Peter and John, they gazed down at him. Jesus was gazing down at him too. I'm sure he's looking on at him with a real eye of pity. In poverty and in sin. And sunk as low as any human could ever go. As he sat there now on the ba- on the ground begging. And who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple. Asked an alm. Alm. Maybe like I said he just put his little cup up. And didn't even look at them. And Peter. Fastening his eyes upon him with John said. Look on us. Look me in the eyes. I don't know his name. I don't know. Maybe it was Philip. Maybe it was something. He said, look on us. Get out of your drudgery, wherever you are. Look on us. Something's changing today. Oh, my. The preaching of the word is going on tonight. Look on me. Not look on me. Look on him. He's calling. He's saying something's going to happen. Something's in your life. Look on us, is what Peter said. It required attention. If you're on the screen tonight, look at the screen. God's speaking tonight. Look on us. Look on his word. And he gave heed unto them. He responded. He recognized, okay, something's different here. This isn't just your regular alms giver that's saying, hey, look on me. I'm going to give you a a little bit of coin. No, something was different in this tone as Peter and John are standing there. Look on us. He says, I'm going to look. And so he looks. He took heed on them. Amen. And then Peter said, I love this. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give thee. In the name. In the name. It wasn't a gold coin. It wasn't some denarii or some shekel. It was, I got something to give you. I got a faith. In a name. The Savior that was crucified on Calvary just a bit ago. I give unto you such as I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Glory. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Ella, that's what I believe. And immediately, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. If you're the beggar in your doldrums and you need to look on him, you're somewhere in some pity, somewhere in some depression, look on him and say, rise up and walk. And all the people saw them, him, 
walking and praising God. That's what then we must do. Praise Him. Praise Him. Say, God, I need something. Praise Him. Praise Him tonight. Musicians, why don't you come? We can praise Him. He's done too much for us. He's done too much for us these last few weeks. We must praise Him for it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you're faithful. Faithful one. So unchanging, oh God. Hear your praises tonight. From your bride, oh Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. For he hath done great things. He hath done great things. Oh God. I said in my little prayer closet. Let us not fall short. Let us not fall short of the glory. And the honor we can give you. Break open our mouths. Break loose our limbs. Break loose our feet. Whatever it needs to be. Praise him. You want something from God tonight. I say you open your mouth. You say, Lord Jesus, at the name of Jesus Christ, all demons tremble. The demons trembled when Jesus even came to Legion. He even walked up to them. They knew exactly who he was. Open your lips tonight. Where you're in your room, whether you're in the sanctuary, say, Jesus, at the name of Jesus, life came forth from Elizabeth's womb. Jesus, I need you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 Lord Jesus. Bless your holy name. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, forget not his benefits. Forget not your benefits, Lord. Deliver the lost, oh God. Worthy. 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 Let's, Brother Ben, let's just sing worthy. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we are fellowshipping, Brother Dan, water the word as you are speaking with praise. Water the seed with worship. Water it. Water it. And water it. And watch it grow. Watch life come forth with our worship now. Hallelujah. Let's sing worthy. Oh, worthy. Oh, you're worthy. Sing it now.
Sometimes there's just nothing else we feel we can even say, but I love you from our hearts, Lord. From our hearts, Lord, we're worshiping you. Magnify your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. like is with me I don't know with you sometimes you're just kneeling in prayer and you're just kneeling in quiet just waiting on him Lord just speak to me sometimes we don't give him the time to quiet ourselves and Lord just speak in your presence Lord surely the presence of the Lord oh surely wonderful Jesus how I adore him bow down before him an old song let's just sing this as we linger in his presence oh his name is Jesus His name is 
Take my reputation. Take my dearest love relation. Don't sing that unless you really can mean that. My dearest love relation. But just give me Jesus. Lord, that we could love you with that depth of love. Take dearest love relation but just give me Jesus we love you Lord but just give me Jesus for I love him so heavenly father don't even know how to close Don't you want to say that word? Because whatever you choose to do, Lord, you you do. Lord, if word was spoken, Lord, your spirit would just linger now and minister. We pray to each heart, Lord. Tug on souls, Jesus, present and not present. May faith rise up and have risen up, Lord. That by the word of God, those needing deliverance, Lord, will have received it tonight. Those needing healing will have received it tonight. Lord, for at the name of Jesus, demons tremble. At the name of Jesus, chains are broken. You're the way maker, oh God. You're the chain breaker, oh God. Lord, you've done it time and time again. Recently, chains are broken. Lord, now may a love so fill hearts and souls, your spirit. Lord, would make an abode, Lord, in hearts and souls of your people. And an anchor, oh God, be so set. And then we would, Lord, receive the promises as heirs. Bears of your name, Lord. Take your people, multiply your word, Lord, in their heart. We commit the evening to you, Lord, and what all you desire to do in the homes. Lord, we pray a special prayer for those that are in their homes tonight, Lord. On the state side, on the Canadian side, Lord, we're just about through this. Give us a firm resolve, Lord, to just go a little bit more. Lord, our hearts are just so hankering to be together. Just hankering with such a desire. Lord, just a little more. Give us strength, Lord. Give us courage. Lord, those some are here, some are not, most are not. But give us courage, Lord. It's just around the corner that we can be together, Lord, by at your will. And Lord, we'll have a joyous time. Until then, Lord, would you just step by their little couches right now, their little chairs, some, Lord, in their rooms, Lord, as we see the different Zoom pictures. Lord, summon just a little chair in a room. 
faithful. Some we haven't been able to see. Lord, knowing though they're still there. Children having to put to bed. Lord, we've gone through different difficulties this year. But you have been near us all the way. And for that, we're so thankful. We give you the glory, Lord. We give you the praise. You are our sustainer. Dismiss us now, Lord, in your presence, Lord, if some need to go, and families and such, Lord. May you go with them along their way. In Jesus Christ's name, amen, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a good evening and a wonderful evening. May you just ponder tonight. If you need him, don't leave. Don't leave, whether your home, your room. Tell you, Lord, just give me you. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you.